Alrighty, welcome back to Super Kicking It with Stephen. That's right, Stephen A. right here. The Greg One should be joining us from an undisclosed location. Perhaps it'll be the boil room. Perhaps it'll be a parking lot. Perhaps it'll be the steel cage. Perhaps it'll be Hell in a Cell. I have no clue. I don't know when he's going to join us as well. So we will soldier on, give you all the news and notes from the week that was in WWE and AW, and we'll we'll just kick it off the best way that we can because that's all we do here at Super Kicking with Steven. So uh, hopefully you're tuning in right now on YouTube, catching this, and uh, leave some comments, join the conversation. You can follow me right there. There it is, at Stephen A. 1181, at Stephen A. 1181. I'm going to be looking out for when Greg joins us. Got some news and notes to kind of talk up first. So first up, let's just get to it. Tony Khan had a huge announcement using the term Forbidden Door to name the new kind of, you know, special event that they're going to hold with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Obviously, people were so excited for this. This will take superstars from New Japan, put them up against AEW, I believe is the, you know, kind of, Kind of like a Survivor Series type. Uh, probably nothing. It'll be interesting to see what they, how the feuds come about. Will anything come out of the feuds afterwards? Will this just kind of be a one-off between guys? You know, what matchups are going to happen? It, it is definitely intriguing. And, you know, I think for me and Greg, I'm, I'm speaking for him a little bit, but uh, we have mentioned that, you know, there's a lot of, New Japan guys we haven't even seen wrestle. So this will be kind of our first taste of them, first glimpse of them. So that will be kind of cool to check out guys like that. You know, Okada probably. And um, Tanen Tana, now I want to, I won't even try to say that, but New Japan guys that, you know, we haven't had a glimpse into. So uh, that's kind of the big news that was out there. Uh, I also was hoping for Greg's sake, that we could talk this up, but LA Knight has been appearing on Dark Matches, uh, promoting a new group. Uh, I believe it's, you know, LA Knight Management, I believe is the name of it moving forward, or you know, some along those lines. The first name that he mentioned was Mace, who will now be known as Face. <laughs> Don't ask me about the name, whatever, you know. Uh, hey, at least he's getting a name change. That can kind of break him out of the Mace aura. He had a suit on from the, the video that I saw the taping or the, you know, the, the dark match. It looked like he, he is himself, you know, Dio Williams or Brendan Williams, whatever uh, his name is. So um, he will now be known as Face. But LA Knight speaking for him. And, you know, we I still think we'll, still, well, you will see LA Knight wrestling at some point. I don't think they'll just use him as a manager. Uh, I think he'll kind of be that MVP role. You know, I think they'll be used in tag matches, probably get some single matches here. Uh, there's another name that was just mentioned as well, Mansoor, who I think is really intriguing. Um, I, I think WWE has really, you know, just kind of thrown him out there, you know, got his name out there. He was, you know, a big name at the Greatest Royal Rumble, I believe it was, you know, kind of showing off in Saudi Arabia. I believe he won a match at one of the Saudi Arabian events, Saudi Arabia events. 
So LA Knight being the voice for him and talking him up, maybe put LA Knight on commentary during his matches, really get him talking up there. And then, you know, having Face, Mace, uh, and Monsoor teaming up uh, could be really intriguing to kind of see how they play off of each other. And, you know, I'm excited for this. I, I think, it, you know, we wanted LA Knight on the main roster. We're getting him on the main roster, and now we're really going to see what he can do to help a guy, you know, like Face and like Mansoor, who just don't really have anything right now. So, you know, I, I'd be curious to see, you know, maybe you had Aaliyah. You know, we keep saying, what is Aaliyah doing? Um, you know, maybe you had T-Bar and get him back to Dominique, you know, or Dijakovac. Maybe just call him by Dijakovac, something like that. You know, I know it's still kind of team up retribution again, but both, you know, T-Bar and Mace really had something going then. So now's the time, you know, to kind of put the put it all in the basket. Uh, I got Greg message me right now. He's got a few minutes, so we will just kind of keep rocking and rolling here. I'll give a quick commercial break before we get into the Raw talk. And uh, once Greg's joined us, we can kind of back up for a minute. And hopefully he can kind of give us his own thoughts on a couple of the news and notes that we put up on, if I'm not already in the raw report. But let's do a quick commercial break, give you all the latest and greatest for Rogue Energy, and then we will be right back. Chicago, where the crowd is so hot. So I, I really think, you know, we'll give Seth the win here at Backlash. And then we have to, you know, we'll have to do the one up at Hell in a Cell. And it's one of those that doesn't need the title in it. So I really hope they go that route. Uh, we had Seth Rollins cooking up a challenge for Cody, saying, you know, since Cody was a surprise entrant for Seth, now it's only fair for Seth to give Cody a surprise challenger which ended up being Kevin Owens. So all of a sudden, you know, we have Kevin Owens uh, coming out to his best friend, Seth Rollins, aid in a way until he walked out of the match. And that was a count out. So uh, hopefully we'll get Cody Rhodes and Kevin Owens again, you know, with the actual finish. I think we're, we're heading down that road at some point. 
But, you know, for now, it makes sense. Kevin Owens doesn't, you know, necessarily trust him. Uh, so, yeah. All right, Greg, just continuing to update me on things that are happening. So, uh, there we go. All right. Anyways, um, off topic. So, we had, you know, Cody Rhodes defeat Kevin Owens by Cowboy. And I wonder if maybe we'll go back to it next week. Do we maybe have Cody Rhodes announce a challenger for Seth? And maybe it's, it's Kevin Owens again. I don't know. But, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do next week. So, uh, we also had Sasha Banks and Naomi defeat Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. No surprise there. And, of course, we got the heel turn. I'm all in on Rhea Ripley being part of Edge's, you know, kind of new faction. I really would like to see that happen. Uh, I think, you know, it gives Rhea that edge, <laughs> unintended, that we have not seen out of her. So, you know, and I, I think I like Liv Morgan as this underdog. You know, maybe she gets a surprise win over Rhea once. But hopefully hopefully Liv gets a good shine in the, you know, Money in the Bank ladder match. I, I, I think last year was where it should have been her time, and she didn't win it. I, I'd really like to see her win it this year. But... Um, she's kind of my favorite right now, my personal favorite. I just think Liv deserves something uh, for really stepping up her game. You know, we didn't know, you know, I think Liv was always kind of the third woman or the odd person out, you know, for the right squad. It, it seemed like they were really, they're obviously, they were heavy on Ruby. And I thought Sarah even got more shine than Liv. So it's time for Liv to really establish herself in Ghost. Also, in the women's title sit picture, we have Bianca Belair, you know, tossing aside Sonya Deville. I'm going to assume we're going to, you know, get Sonya Deville out of the power um, management faction or, you know, management group soon, sooner rather than later, put her back as a full-time competitor. Especially when you look on SmackDown side of things and you see that um, Drew Gulak is kind of stepping into that. Oh, look at this. From undisclosed location, parts unknown. <laughs> we have, oh wow, look at him, look at Spiffy. Than ever, you're making me look bad because <laughs> I put a baseball hat on because my hair is a freaking mess. I got hook hair going on, Greg. But how in the world is the airport one doing there? Hey, live on location for the Charlotte Douglas Airport when. Uh, Things go sideways. You have to adjust on the fly. I'd rather be home with my jerseys on, but, you know, it is what it is. And it's still stuck at work, but slid into a conference room. And it's like, I got to be there for Stephen Nation. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, this is about as, you know, as good as I look. Ever. Yeah, why is it good? So, <laughs> all right. That's it. Uh, your sons are up. Or no, are they tied or are they playing tonight? Uh, we're still up two to one. Okay. And I believe they play tonight. So that's okay. Yeah. Because uh, pretty much I think the only series is there only one series over, which is the Celtics and Nets. Did the Celtics sweep the Nets? Uh, I think the Celtics are up three to nothing. I don't know what happened today if they had a game today. Yeah. And then I know the Warriors were up. Yeah, that's and then all my you new team, the Grizzlies oh, are tied for it. My new team. I had to pick <laughs> somebody. You know, I had to pick like a Midwestern team. Well, I guess Memphis is about as Midwest as you can get. But uh, anyways, 
So I was just kind of going through the raw report. I did, but I don't know if you saw Greg, but your man, LA Knight, I'll go back to this. Um, dark matches have been doing a little group. He's been uh, putting a stable together. Now, you, I know you want to talk on that if you haven't seen it, but so far he's recruited Mace and Mansoor. And I personally think it's kind of intriguing because those are two guys that we've been talking You know, we've talked up Mace a lot that you got to get him back to just looking normal. And when he showed up in the dark match, he had his suit on, no makeup, just his dreads out. So it looks like the least let now he's going by the name of Face. Whatever. No. That, <laughs> that should be hopefully that changes before TV. But anyways, at least they're gonna let LA Knight be the mouthpiece for him. And LA you know LA Knight's gonna shine up that turd a lot, uh, to put a phrase on it. And then Mansoor has always been that guy that I think they were just throwing stuff at the wall and now it's like I think LA Knight on commentary for Mansoor matches or, you know, in the sideline for Mansoor could really help him. So I'm willing to buy it. I think it's called LA Knight Management Group, you know, LA Knight Management or whatever they're going to run with, LA Knight Enterprises. Uh, Greg, but your guy will hopefully see what, probably in a couple weeks. I'm going to assume SmackDown because I know we've said that all along. I think starting on SmackDown is a little bit better and then you can move into Raw to, you know, get those guys on there. But, uh, what do you think, LA Knight, starting up a stable? Yeah, I saw this um, by accident, kind of. I was looking for SmackDown, and I, I ended up finding a dark match, and this was the first thing I saw, and I was like, yes, finally. Um, you know, I've been shopping for him to get on the main roster for a long time, and um, I don't care how he does it. We figure he's going to be best as a, a mouthpiece anyway, as long as he gets his platform to talk. He has magic with the microphone in his hand. And I watched, I didn't see the uh, Mansoor uh, edition, but I did see when Mace came out. And uh, hey, I'm all for it. As long as it gets him on the main roster, you know, it's his time. It's been past his time. So uh, let's do it. And, and we're, we already had one person doing the, um, the whole management thing with the, uh, Robbie E down there in Impact, so um, they needed to move him away anyway. Um, this is much better. Like you were saying, Mace uh, comes across a lot better without the stupid mask and the weird paint on his face. And, you know, he looks good. He's a good-looking guy. And, and that's, you know, how guys look these days, uh, especially colored guys with the uh, long dreads and you know, kind of curled up or, and things like that, and, you know, look fashionable, look good. And, you know, LA Knight laid the perfect, you know, groundwork around him to, you know, kind of show him off the way that, um, oh, what's his name? Leo Rush used to do for Lashley, you know, give him the side chest pose and do all this and um, just shining him up and making him look good. So, you know, let, let's keep doing that. And I think L.A. Knight can be used in the MVP role where he can be a wrestler at times. He could tag up with them or he can, you know, be on commentary or he could be out there, you know, talking up the crowd. So I think you got, you know, the perfect Swiss Army knife in L.A. Knight. And he's obviously, I think he's a little bit younger than, you know, MVP. So I'm sure he's still got some time left in him, wrist and wise. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think L.A. Knight's going to run with it. 
and, you know, really give those guys a shine. Uh, I was saying I'd, I'd like to maybe see Aaliyah added to that because we keep saying Aaliyah is just kind of there. So why not give him, you know, Aaliyah and let him talk her up? Mm-hmm. You know, somebody younger, ready to really start, you know, stepping up her game. So it'll be curious to see, you know, what pieces are added. I even said Dominic, David Kovac. I mean, get rid of T-Bar, give him the Dominic name. Or, well, he'll probably go by David Chokak or, you know, Daivo. Something like that. You know, give him his self back, <laughs> which we've yeah. been talking about plenty. And uh, I know it would be the retribution kind of reforming, but as themselves, I think would be a lot better. So uh, that's that was it. And then the other news, Greg, was, of course, the Forbidden Door live event coming to the United Center Sunday, June 26th. This will be um, New Japan and AEW kind of going at each other. And I think for me and for you, I was kind of speaking for you, this would be a good glimpse into some guys we've never seen. So this is just one step in this partnership. Now we are still uh, miles away from, you know, WWE being involved with that, Greg. But man, if we could get just that little glimmer of hope somehow to get some WWE guys in there. I mean, what a, what a weekend that could be if you could get all three of those promotions working somehow, you know, to give us literal dream matchups that, you know, we haven't seen before. But uh, I think that, you know, for AEW, this, I mean, already this feels like a bigger partnership than the Impact one, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, who watches Impact? Not a lot. So um, this is an automatically like the biggest New Japan uh, co-promotion, you know, probably since, uh, I don't know, maybe ever. I mean, what, uh, you know, WWE hasn't done anything on a this big a scale with uh, Japan. Um, and AEW has, you know, grown from infancy to being a juggernaut now. And this may be the biggest uh, collaboration between the two companies and with that U.S. exposure tied to it. So um, I know the, uh, the, the, the beginning of the year, uh, what is it called, Wrestle Kingdom, uh, is a big deal beginning of the year every year. But that's in Japan and you have to go jump through hoops just to get to see it. Um, so you know, this may be the biggest deal that we've had with the U S and Japan combined, uh, joining forces. So, um, and like you, I don't know who the Japanese, uh, wrestlers are. I know they're super over in Japan. Um, and we're hearing some of these names for the first time, like, uh, Ishii and I don't know who Ishii is, but, when they uh, mentioned his name in that promotion, um, you know, the whole crowd pops. So, um, it's, you know, the people knew who he was. And uh, we've seen with Minoru Suzuki, um, the Japanese guys that have come over have, have made an instant impact. So, um, I'm excited to see what this is going to lead to and how those matches go because those Japanese wrestlers. You know, their reputation precedes them. And that, uh, like the big name, Okada, that's the name you hear all the time. Uh, so I'm yeah. really, really intrigued to see how he does. I'm going to assume it's kind of like a one-off, you know, dream style matches, this guy versus that guy. Um, 
and it, it should just be fun to kind of see how they how they book it, how it comes about. Uh, this is going to be right after Double or well, not right after, but this will be a month after Double or Nothing. So you wonder if maybe Double or Nothing might have some surprise New Japan guys showing up to kind of kickstart the feud and stuff. So because you know Double or Nothing's been pretty big in the past, you know, one, you know, I mean it's all out of Double or Nothing pretty much is you know the the one two punch. So. This is really, you know, something special, I think, in Chicago, of all places, Greg, which, you know, they're going to just go crazy for the whole right. night. I feel like they'll be alive. And what's really funny is WWE will do Hell in a Cell in Chicago the week before this. So Chicago gets some good stuff, Greg, in the, in the month of June. Uh, I, I just, I should, I should try to think of getting up there because two solid weekends of wrestling happen in Chicago. Yeah. Um, so that was the big news I had. But getting caught up on Raw, I, I, I did mention the bookings of Raw, Greg. We had Seth Rollins giving a challenge for Cody Rhodes, where Cody didn't know his opponent. It ended up being Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens says, F this, I'm going to get counted out. So I hope that, you know, when we got a really solid match out of Cody Rhodes and Kevin Owens, I hope we'll visit that again later on. Uh, it makes sense for Owens to walk out because Seth really hasn't had his back at all. So it's funny that, you know, you end up having Owens as the opponent. Uh, I, I was mentioning that I would love to see this Kevin or Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, Hell in the Cell. So I think Seth Rollins gets the backlash win, and then they're one up. So Hell in the Cell is in June, Greg. Why not throw them in the cell? We know Cody Rhodes loves <laughs> barbaric, you know, matches. So, you know, let them go all out unintended there for Hell in a Cell. But uh, <laughs> what do you think of the bookend of, you know, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes stuff? Is this one of the better feuds happening right now? Eh, I don't know yet. Um, I'm trying to get behind it. Um, I'm all about seeing where they go with the Cody story. Uh, he's laid the groundwork for what the mission statement is and I'm going to be interested to see how he chases it. I have a theory as to what happens, but um, as for right now with the whole Seth thing, uh, it's still kind of cold to me. I mean, the, the match at WrestleMania was good. Um, it, the couple weeks they put into, you know, building a program has been fine. Uh, nothing great. Um, like the last week they did the whole thing, um, you know, spending 15 minutes with mean or meaningless uh, promo, just say, I'm going to set you up with an opponent of my choosing. I mean, they could have done that in five minutes, but uh, it's, it's kind of starting slow. Um, I'm going to hold my judgment to see if it actually reaches hell in a cell level um, by June which is completely possible, but they're really going to have to turn it up um, as far as the violence is concerned and the storyline, the psychology is involved um, a whole lot more than they are now. I mean, Seth just dancing around them laughing maniacally is not going to do it. Oh, and Big Ben 316 has rejoined us, Craig. Ben. Uh, I mentioned to him that, yes, we are officially on Sundays at 6. Mania, we just tried to go live whenever we could. You know, we were trying to get everything out there. 
than off last week. So sorry for, you know, April being a little, little hit or miss for us, but I'm so glad to see Ben back in the chat. Uh, definitely catch us at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sundays. Uh, we'll probably, well, for Backlash, we'll give you a little pre-show. Maybe we'll just go live for an hour, you know, get that real quick or half hour or whatever. Give you our quick predictions and go catch uh, Backlash. And, you know, moving forward, we will be officially on this spot at 6 p.m. for all your viewing needs. So I apologize greatly to Big Ben. We, we love having you in the chat. You always have great things to say. Sorry you could not catch us. Uh, but our schedule is officially set. Sundays, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There you go. So, um, Also, Greg, I mentioned the, the heel turn that everyone saw coming. I, I think <laughs> even, you know, Stevie Wonder saw it coming. And there's yeah. your horrible joke of the day. But anyways, Rhea Ripley turns on Liv Morgan. No surprise there. Sasha Banks, Naomi move on to get the win. But uh, Rhea Ripley all in on New Brew 2.0. That's where I'm at, Greg. Just, just give it to me right now. Hey, I'm with you. Let's do it. Rhea is, has been a dead fish for a while, and she needs something. She needs something different because she is not living up to her name. Um, she's not living up to her image. And, you know, she's already in all black and goth out. And so she fits perfectly in with Edge and Priest. Now I just need to bring that part of her personality out, and then it will make sense, you know, having her coming up and being a baby face uh, while carrying that look across is just falling flat. And so this is the way to rebuild it. So I'm with you. Let's do it. Let's do it whole hog. Get, him, get her in the uh, edge click and let her be actually brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... Uh, some other things we're we still rocking with Bianca Belair and Sonia Deville. Talk about random <laughs> challengers for Bianca. I think Greg, this all just seems to lead to Sonia out of power. Um, let Drew Gulak be the new assistant, you know, management. I, I'm really intrigued by that. But you know, it's time for Sonia to step aside from the power trip. Bianca Belair takes her on, and uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if we'll see, I don't know, is this a one-off for Sonia and Bianca, or is this going to be a, a feud, you know, for the next couple months, Greg? Um, I agree. This is a way to get Sonia out of power because, you know, they've been talking those backstage segments that management's been talking about you, and um, I think this is finally where it's going to come to a head, and she's going to end up out. Apparently, she's ready to become a full-time wrestler again, so... Um, I think this is what this is leading to. You're no longer management. You're back to full-time um, competing. And then, you know, maybe there's a slot for Pierce as or Pierce's assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what it looks like to me is that she's ready to become a full-time wrestler again because um, they never really explain why she, uh, you know, went away from being a full-time wrestler. So, but... Regardless, it's about time for her to do it again. You know, she looks good. Her, um, you know, she's solid in the ring. And, you know, we always, you know, been saying that the depth is horrible. So, you know, be able to add her to the mix would be great. And I think it was good for her and expanded her character. 
you know, from what we saw, was just her in the ring, you know, looking like a UFC fighter. And that's really it. Yeah. You know, maybe say, I'm going to knock you out. Like, she really hasn't. So I think this is a good way to, you know, give her that shine of Mike Time and really, you know, uh, just building her character. Now, granted, Naomi Gregg, of course, should have been one to overcome Sonya. Uh, it is interesting how Sonya keeps getting paired up against uh, certain people, if you've noticed, which I think is, you know, very interesting in the booking there, Greg. But uh, Veer Mahan, he won. Anyways, Ezekiel uh, is not a liar, Greg, because that lie detector test that Chad Gable <laughs> officially administered did not prove it proved without a shadow of a doubt that uh, Ezekiel was in the right. So I, I think the most intriguing thing of all that was Gable Stevenson's name being mentioned, Greg. So I think we need to see him show up sooner rather than later. Is that what you're thinking too? Yeah, I mean, you know, name drop like that for nothing. So, um, you know, I'm sure he's been, you know, working out the PC and, you know, getting his mind right, getting his body right. And, you know, it's about the time the Olympics are over. He's retired as an amateur wrestler. And um, looking at that guy, I don't see how you wouldn't excel as soon as you get into the PC and start doing the drills, start learning the matches, how to call a match, and et cetera, et cetera. So maybe that's a sign that it is, he is closer to um, appearing on TV than we think he is. Um, more, I thought, work with Chad Gable can't. It's not going to hurt you at all. Like oh, absolutely Gable not. Is, you know, and Gable has the background that Stevenson has. So he's going to be able to talk him through what he needs to do. Um, right. The, and you know what, Craig, I'll say it. I'm still, I'm still kind of intrigued by the Ezekiel stuff. I just love that he's just so all in. I don't know if you saw it too, but there was a picture. Obviously, it's Photoshop, but uh, it was Elias and Ezekiel um, hanging out, <laughs> like holding <laughs> each other. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Street Profit showed a little more edge, Greg, and saying, I wonder who would have turned on the Usos music. So maybe we are getting little, little by little notches of the Street Profits turning. And, you know, now what's weird is it's going to be the unification match. Maybe the uh, Street Profits cost them that and they won all the gold. But, uh, you know, it, we're seeing that heel turn. Slowly but surely, with RK Bro so over, it makes sense to give the Street Profits the heel side and let them almost go the New Day route and see what they can do as heels. Absolutely, and I've been calling this to, for the last couple of weeks because you saw the little, the hints, and now we get a full blown, you know, heel move, um, queuing up, you know, a, a um, adversary's music to distract them and get in the distraction pin. So um, I love it because I need something different from the Street Profits. They need that, you know, extra edginess to them. Um, so they're not just, you know, a goody two-shoes tag team. And so they actually have some, um, you know, bite in their bark. So um, this has been a long time coming. And I think heel Street Profits could be as great or even better than when the Usos went from being that same type of happy-go-lucky tag team to wearing just the all black and white and, you know, injuring their opponents and, you know, showing how vicious they were. So um, I'm all for the Street Profits doing the same thing, and it looks like that's what we're going to get. 
and using those heel tactics to win. Maybe not necessarily vicious, but just being snarky about it. So. And right. Greg, next up, looks like I've already can check off one of my year. I, I thought I called this for year in prediction, if I remember right. But I said Austin Theory would be United States champion at some point. Boom. I've already got it right. And I now I'll say, Greg, I did not think it would happen this soon. I you know, but I always use the word sooner rather than later. But you feel like with Vince McMahon behind him, with you know, the Pat McAfee stuff, it it was all in. You know, you're you're put on this rocket ship to see what theory can do, and it's up to him to sink or swim. Like it's gonna be interesting to see now with a title. I, I think we'll ease back on Vince because now he has a title. So um here we go, Greg. Austin Theory. I thought it was intriguing as well that Hook, because you had brought this question up, I believe, in our um, double shot, or one of our last calls where, you know, we said who would have the better career overall. Hook debuts on Dynamite as Austin Theory wins the title on Raw. How? <laughs> <laughs> so now, if, you know, what's they're working in cahoots, Greg. They are listening to this show. WWE, right? AEW, Tony Khan, and Vince are sitting together in Vince's boardroom with the dinosaur head in the background and like, you gotta check out Super Kicking It for Ideas. Because I thought it was very <laughs> intriguing that Theory wins the title on one night and we have Hook debut on Dynamite. But uh, Theory, United States champion, Greg, what about it? Yeah, I'm, I'm torn on this one because, you know, I, I, I hashtag justice for Finn for a long time. It looks like it finally paid off. He got his championship. You know, he got some shine on him, and then almost just as quickly, it's already gone. He's already uh, lost his belt. He's already, you know, taken L's to theory, and the uh, ship looks like it's sunk. So, um, you know, it paid off, and I haven't figured out what the um, what the time lapse is as far as how much return I get on the investment, but you know, and throw back up the, the justice for Finn because I think he should have had a much longer title reign. Yeah. Um, I did the same thing for Ricochet, and I'm, I'm hoping that uh, his days aren't number two. But um, you know me, I've been loving theory for a long time, and I think that uh, he is a star in the making. He's going to be awesome um, the more TV time he gets. And like I said a few times, that uh, he is one of the few, very few stars that have come up from NXT and actually done better on the main roster than they did in NXT. And I've loved everything I've seen him do, um, even if I didn't care for the uh, people he was doing it to. Yeah. So, you know, hashtag justice for Finn. But, um, you know, it's all part of a bigger plan and you know, really getting Austin over. And I think he's working. Austin is getting over. And, um, you know, he's looking great. He, he's carrying himself a lot more uh, confidently. And, you know, now he's got his first title. And I'm curious to see where it's going to go. You know, Mr. McMahon to come out is, you know, the number one cheerleader, you know. So big things. This, this, this looks more of an interesting storyline than when Shane was winning. Um, you know, big matches. So I'm very interested in seeing where they go from here. And the uh, wedding mayhem pretty much had 
all four people getting the title at some point. But Dana Brooke running off the official 24-7 champion on the back of our troop. There we go. That was it. So, NXT time. <laughs> uh, Drake and Gibson, Greg, I, they, they lost. And then they did an exclusive where they said, we just don't know if it can be anymore. Do we? I, I kind of wonder if they're on the, the chopping block because Legato beat them. They took issue with Pretty Deadly. Just a weird kind of, you know, they don't, they're not called Grizzled Young Veterans anymore. They're literally Drake and Gibson. Um, yep. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where, I don't know what's there for them, Greg. Nothing. And that's the shame of it because I love those guys. And when they came over from UK, uh, they were still a big deal. And then they became like a comedy act. And um, when they were having NXT UK matches, they were one of the top three teams on the brand. Um, so I've been really disappointed at how they've mismanaged them since they come over uh, into the States. And it does look like that's, that's about the end of them. There's nowhere for them to go. They've lost everybody. And they're on a brand where, you know, they're pushing all the, you know, names we don't know. I mean, Brooks and Jensen or Brooks and Dunn, wherever they are, they're giving more time to those guys than they are to, you know, a much better tag team. Uh, is GMIV. So um, I'm disappointed to see it turn that way. But, um, but they get that's what up. it looks like. Or do you think it's. I hope they do. Um, you know, you already... they're going by Drake and Gibson now. But then you right. have that can... ready to go for the main roster. They could bring them up and rebrand them as a different tag team since it looks like the, that seems to be what they do. Yeah. Uh, bring them up, change their names, and then. Uh, repurpose them somehow differently. So best case scenario, that's what's going to happen, but I'm not optimistic for them. Uh, speaking of not optimistic, Saray lost again. Uh, I I don't know, Greg, this might be one of the, um, you know, Asian wrestler, women wrestlers that just isn't going to go anywhere. You know, we've had Asuka, we've had Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane really do well. You know, we could talk about how booked they were, but they still did their own thing. But Saray just doesn't look to have it, does she? No, she doesn't have the it. She doesn't have the the aura, the mystique, anything about her. She just looks pretty plain Jane, even though they try to give her the anime angle and the schoolgirl backstory, that kind of thing. It's just not working. And even listen to the reaction to her matches, people seem kind of bored. So, and they're obviously the same for. Tiffany Stratton, you know, a blonde, gymnastics-looking, athletic girl that, you know, they're, they're all in on her. So. Uh, yeah. Grayson Waller defeated Sanja. I mean, now, we, you know, it's all, like, it's good. It's all about Grayson Waller, see where he goes. Uh, how about Carmelo Hayes defeating Escobar? So now we'll get Carmelo, Solo, and Cameron Grimes in a triple threat. Um, but, you know, if you're going to have Escobar lose, you know, I think it's time to call him up, but I do like the triple threat. I, I think that's going to be an intriguing matchup to see, you know, could you move the title to Solo? Uh, could you give it back to Carmelo? I mean, I know Cameron just won it, but, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they're ready to just kind of, you know, give it to somebody else. Uh, but Carmelo Hayes, Solo, and Cameron Grimes, that should be, that should probably be the main event of next week. 
I think, Greg, for uh, they're calling it spring breaking. <laughs> I'm like, spring break's a little bit, you know, a little bit behind. But anyways, so, uh, should be an intriguing matchup there, correct? Yeah, I agreed. Um, and, and this is part of the appeal of it is that it could go the way of either either any of them. Uh, there's cases for all three of them. And you could still have a, a good story moving out of it. So um, those are the best matches when you go into it and you don't automatically know who's going to win. So um, there's legit cases for all three. Um, I agree with you on Escobar. You should be up there already, but uh, he just looks so good in his role and he's just so perfect. People are, you know, are, he's organically gotten over as has the rest of Legato. So um, I see why they, he's still there, even though he'd be a much more, probably have much more of an impact on the main roster if they don't do what they've done with everybody else and just kill their gimmick and rename them and do all those things. So um, I will definitely be watching the match and hoping, you know, you know, we get a great barn burner classic and, you know, see how they tie the ends together. And Natalia, I think she, I think she has a good place down there. I like how she's kind of been used. Now, it's going to be Cora Jade hopefully getting the win over her. That's got to be the end game. You know, really put over one of, you know, or I'll bring it up as well, Roxanne <laughs> Perez. I mean, giving her a big win over JC Jane, Greg. Like one of those women got to be the woman to put over, you know, beat Natalia. You know, Natalia will be fine, but what a win that would be for either one of those women uh, to kind of get a win over Natalia at some point. Uh, that's where I kind of see that go. I think I'd rather be Cora because Cora is the one that Natalia went after first. So I'd like to see Cora Jade pick up that win. Uh, you know, what I'm trying to think of, I don't know when the next pay-per-view is for NXT, but I, I'd like to see that on a pay-per-view. I don't want to just see it on a TV episode. I think it's bigger than that. It should be bigger than that. So uh, what do you think with Natalia's kind of role down there now, Greg, and main roster run as well? So. Yeah, she looks much better down there. She looks like more of a natural. She seems like more of a big dog down there. Um, and she could totally Roman Reigns the whole women's division. And, you know, this is my yard kind of thing. Um, and she's that much better than everybody else down there, uh, including Mandy. So um, I think that uh, it's the perfect spot for her. And if they let her be that queen heel, that everybody has to overcome, it'd be great. Um, Cause she's believable, everybody knows Natty, everybody knows her rep, they know her background. And, um, you know, we'd eat those matches up. So, you know, she may be like the perfect bet to, you know, elevate these these young girls. Cause we're not bought into Cora J, we're not bought into, um, you know, all these other uh, new women that haven't had five good matches yet. So. You know, Natalie could be the great, the best catalyst for them. Uh, Zion Quinn defeats Wesley. <laughs> I, I just, I, I think Wesley. I don't know, Greg. I, I think he. Uh, it's probably going to be on the outs, and that's fine. I, I don't know if he'll reunite with Nash Carter down the road, but uh, Zion Quinn picks up the win. Any, any thoughts there? No. Yeah. Okay. How about Roxanne Perez, though, getting her 
She was supposed to debut last or next week. They move it up to this week. She's the the big independent wrestler they signed. Uh, she was an ROH women's champion, I believe the first one, and only like 19 or 20, and got a big win over JC Jane. So they're definitely putting all the chips in behind this Roxanne Perez. And, you know, I thought looked pretty solid and looked like she could carry herself on the mic. So I, I think it's, you know, the, it's these young women, it's going to be interesting to see how they fill into their roles as it goes on, right? Yeah, and that's the whole thing is that so many young new talents that we don't know anything about them, um, they need a foil. And so, you know, that's why, you know, you need a couple of veterans down there to bring them up and really showcase what they can do by giving them the best spots in, in these matches to really shine and give us a match that we'll remember. Um, so I hope that, uh, you know, it works out. I'm curious to see how this uh, Roxanne check gets over. Um, you know, they gave it a whole video game storyline and, you know, we're all familiar with it, but um, is she going to be able to make it into something? So I'm, um, uh, you know, reserving judgment until I see more of her because, you know, I don't watch ROH, don't know anything about her except her reputation. And, um, you know, we'll see how, how she does. And uh, I, don't, I don't know how to describe this, Greg. <laughs> so Joe Gacy has Rick Steiner's Hall of Fame ring. Ron Baker wants it back. He gets it back, and then he gets shoved off a ledge. And then he gets carried away by people and, and, and gets carried away by druids, which I didn't realize, Greg, Joe Casey's all of a sudden Undertaker with druids. And, you know, what's really going to suck is they're probably just going to not have any payoff to it. You know, next week, Brom Baker will probably be back. Because I, I thought Kane was abducted one time, too, by somebody. And then they just, like, had him back the next – or Kane did – or he was got taken by Bray Wyatt, and then he was back the next week. So – if you're going to play this off, then you've got to have Braun Baker like hidden somewhere or something like that, you know. And then he breaks out the week after. Like you can't just have Braun back next week, can you? Yeah, it's very interesting, and it's very. Um, it felt fiendish to me. But Joe Casey um, isn't a fiend. like. That's the thing. Like, they're are they? They're just. I think they're trying stuff with Joe Casey and see if it sticks. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're trying to mix Undertaker and Fiend with Joe Gase. Or maybe not Fiend, but Bray Wyatt. Maybe the cult leader of Bray Wyatt with Undertaker and, you know, trying to uh, mash up the two. And, um, you know, he's playing the part well. Um, I don't know where the gimmick's going to go with the Druids and things like that. I like the the, the aesthetic of it. Um, it's different. It's something we don't see in NXT. Um, so, but like you said, where's the payoff is, are we going to get, you know, him morphing into this more, you know, sadistic evil character, or is just this kind of a one-off type of thing. So, you know, they're, they're walking a fine line here because, you know, you're walking on, you're, you're slowly walking on other people's gimmicks here and, um, that can be your downfall just as quickly as can be your way to the top. Well, I think it would have, I think the, the fall was fine and you just end it there. You just go off the air and, you know, let us yeah. see the image of 
Braun Breaker laying on the ground, not getting carried away by Druids, I mean, essentially, because they've never once shown Joe Gacy as that. You know, or at least have um, Harlan. If Harlan's the one guy that carries them off, okay, I can I can understand that because Harlan is his, you know, minion or whatever. But you know, all of a sudden we have Druids involved. <laughs> like, yeah, or just so. Um, well, that was NXT. We'll get to some uh, SmackDown talk real quick. I'm trying to be um, cautious of your time frame as well, Greg. So, uh, some of the stuff, I guess, you know, we'll we'll kind of hit the big hits. Uh, I I said I'm intrigued by Drew Gulak, Greg, being involved with the Ronda Rousey Charlotte Flair. I think it's giving a little. I think it's adding to it in its own way because I know Drew Gulak is a submission specialist. Like that was his. His independency, and that was what he was all about. So it's right. awesome that, Pete, you know, Charlotte and Ronda get to do their submission on it. I think it kind of plays it up. And I, I, I think Drew's having the best of it, um, you know, for what it is. So, oh, hopefully we got Greg still there. Um, I'm and, still here. So Sketchy that, airport Wi-Fi. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, real quick. So what do you think What do you think about Drew Gulak's involvement with the Charlotte – and Ronda Rousey feud, Greg. Um, different wrinkle, and you know we're playing with some ideas, but the Charlotte and Ronda angle needed something different anyway, because um, we saw the build up to their last match, and it was you know a fine match for what it was, but um, it lacked that the oomph that they had when it was those two and Becky. Uh, going to Pinnell every week and everybody was down for it every second of it. Uh, we don't get that this, this time around. So um, they still haven't said the word submission match, but you know, I quit match. We'll take it. Um, I don't know if Charlotte's and, ever quit. So I think that's why they wanted to play that up. Like we know she submitted, even though they haven't technically mentioned that, but I think the fact that she's never uttered those words, that could be a bigger deal for Ronda to get the win. Right. And, and it's not just Charlotte. It's like Ronda has never said I quit either. Exactly. Um, yeah, and given Ronda's reputation and her, you know, mixed martial arts background, you know, she's a huge crossover star. And a lot of people who watch WWE today probably were watching Ronda Rousey when she was dominating the USC and dominating Strike Force. You know, if not all of it, at least a portion of it, because there was a while that Ronda Rousey was the biggest name in sports, period. So, um, you know, we knew about the arm bar. We watched those uh, fights and they were over, you know, before you had the chance to finish popping the popcorn. And, you know, she was I wrote an article about her once. She was the Mike Tyson of um, women's sports. You know, she knocked out her opponents very quickly, and it was brutal. Oh, she and... just play up on a plane, too? <laughs> she may have. I know she's beat up some reporters on live TV. She but, hasn't uh, that far yet. Not yet. Um, her arm barring is somebody on that plane, I, I would totally buy it. But, um, and can yeah. we just say, don't provoke Mike Tyson. Like, come on. I know. Like, I know. That dude had it coming to him. Anyway. If you want to antagonize Mike Tyson, go ahead, but you're going to catch these hands. I mean, I, so, I feel like any boxer, but that's a whole nother 
<laughs> I think right. like Ali at the end of his career. Like I would not want to antagonize Muhammad Ali. Like he probably could have still thrown a mean punch. So exactly. Um, yeah, don't poke the bear with Mike Tyson. I mean, on an airplane, like you got nowhere to go. Like if you say something on the street, <laughs> you can at least you know keep walking or run. <laughs> or if you're driving by in a car, you got you're in a freaking airplane <laughs> behind the dude. Like come on, man. And, right. Hey, stupid uh, is the stupid does is stupid gets beat down. So, you know, there's the reason lost. nothing's going to happen to Mike. Um, how about Xavier Woods defeating Butch? He's a the new backwoods. I don't know why that just it just feels like that should be an inappropriate term. I feel like Backstreet <laughs> just threw it out there and now they're just running with it. But then Butch just runs away from the Fight Club and now they have to find him. I don't know what they're doing with that, but anyway, so. Um, Anything, anything there, Greg, or nothing? No, it's, it's kind of a boring storyline. With you think it would be better with the New Day and um, the fight, the fight night crew, but it's kind of bleh right now. So one one five star match, and you know we're thinking of it differently, but they haven't got to that point yet. So um, we'll see. This is all part of the process of you know getting Butch and uh, Ridge Holland over. And until they are, you know, these matches are going to be kind of lackluster because they have to groom these guys, get them wrestling the style correctly and, um, you know, developing that trust in each other. You know, these guys are, they're not green, but they're still new to the, to the main roster scene. And, um, we get used to seeing a certain type of match when the new day is in there and when Sheamus is in there. So it's going to be a process, but well, essentially you know, it's, it's all about Big E. Like he's got to come back, you know, healthy and get his revenge in a way. You know, I, I think that's what's missing, you know, Big E being part of it. So uh, Guther picks up a win. Nothing to really talk about there because he just beat up Teddy Goods, who's a local guy. He, uh, I saw he put out a tweet saying <laughs> he was on SmackDown. But anyways, uh, Riddle defeats Jey Uso. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, though, real quick, Greg, is Natalia and Shayna Baszler, next champion, our next contenders. Because, you know, we got nothing. We got no women's tag teams right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Any thoughts there? Natalia and Shayna Baszler against Sasha Banks and Naomi? In theory, it should work, um, but we seen Natalia and Shayna, and it was, you know, nothing to write home about. It was, and and that's I blame WWE for that because they've destroyed Shayna Baszler since she came up to the main roster, and you know, just throwing her with random tag partners has been a waste of her talent. Um, NXT Shayna was a lot more awesome, and they should have just carried that over. Um, so when you put Natty and Shayna together, it doesn't look that great because of what they've done to Shayna uh, up to now. And, you know, Natalia for being, um, you know, looking like a big deal now on the NXT, she's, you know, always been kind of a, you know, I'm going to say comedy act, but pretty close to it, you know, with the boat thing and, um, you know, well, using you her to get other girls over. Shana, give her Ronda Rousey. I mean, right. That's 
where we need to go. Like that, that's, yeah. And I think Ron, you know, now, I don't know, Rhonda and Shayna cutting promos together, Greg, might be, I might, I'm not going to watch paint dry more, uh, but, you know, maybe them working together and having that familiarity would help them feed off each other. But yeah, I'd be, I'd be kind of scared to see uh, Rhonda Rousey, Shayna Baszler tag team promo. Uh, Very good point. They would need a manager for sure. They would need Paul Heyman. Like, big yeah. And that, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, you know, I, I think I'd almost go, I would love to see like Heyman really help Ronda. I mean, Ronda, I think, I think this, you know, Heyman would really help this feud with Ronda and Charlotte. I think Heyman was, or something like we said, a centerpiece. Because yeah. both women are kind of, you know, like Charlotte, like she was taught, you know, like, you know, Charlotte during the contract. I beat your WrestleMania, like, it, it just wasn't working, like, because you would just throw it in there, right? You know, and, and and Charlotte, I think, gets too rattled by the crowd. If that crowd starts eating her up, it's like she doesn't know how to recover. And that really, you know, that's always been her downfall. So. Um, yeah. Madcap won. Uh, the Lumberjack match, of course, turned into a no contest with Sami Zayn. Escape through the crowd because you know what lumberjack match ever has the lumberjacks do their their job. So next week, Greg, uh, because WWE is on tour, I saw there is a taped steel cage match between Drew McIntyre and Sami Zayn. I've not seen the results, but I saw that that's where we're going. It's the steel cage match, and hopefully that is the end of that <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> we need Drew and something else. I don't know where Sami Zayn goes, Greg, but. Sami Zayn will make whatever else works next, but Drew definitely needs to move up and away from everything that he's been given so far. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, and shout out to Drew for being such a trooper with all this because he was given hot garbage for WrestleMania, and it does they look doesn't look good on the horizon for after WrestleMania, but. You know, it's like the whole Kevin Owens thing that I've mentioned a few times is that Jurdick lays something out. We'll give you this and this and this. Just stay the course and, you know, you'll get your big day. Um, You got to figure that's where it's going to lead to. So maybe it's a showdown with Roman. Maybe it's, um, you know, a big title or at least another title run in front of fans. Uh, I still think that's coming because, you know, that's owed to him. But we may have to sit for a, another while before we get it. So, what, what I'm seeing and what I'm thinking is uh, Tyson Fury, I think he won his. Did he win a match last week, a boxing match or something, Greg? Or was yeah, that last, last night? Time? Sorry, last night. He had mentioned SummerSlam. He said, don't roll him out yet. Now, Greg, that's in Nashville. But then you have the UK pay per view. I think you've got to give Drew the big moment there. And if, I mean, I, and Tyson Fury is a pretty big superstar in the UK, right? So, I mean, I don't know if it'd be for titles or anything, but, you know, if you're going to do a big event in the UK, I'd like to see, you know, European guys close it out. I mean, as much as I love Roman, and Roman probably deserves every main event for done, but, you know, if you're going to be in the UK, why not give us, you know, some sort of big matchup between two, 
you know, you know, horses. Um, So I'm very intrigued by that aspect that maybe Tyson Fury could kick off a feud with Drew because Drew McIntyre has mentioned Tyson Fury's name a few times. And then Tyson Fury mentioned Drew McIntyre by name last night, I believe, in a press conference. So uh, I think there's something there. Yeah, I agree. Um, he had won the match, and then he alluded to the fact that he might be retiring. So um, that probably kind of fed into that type of talk and speculation. So it would make sense if he's, you know, done with boxing. He's pretty much killed everybody, so there's nobody left for him to fight. He's made bags and bags and bags of money, and he can sit back and do whatever he wants to now. Give, I'm, I'm sure Vince would be willing to give him a couple more bags, you know, if he wants to headline a UK event uh, in August. So, um, where are you at time-wise, Greg? Because I was going to ask your last call question because I'm very curious about your answer. Do you have a minute? <laughs> yeah, I can get last call in real quick. So uh, let's get to your last call because I'm curious what your best non-blonde. Bloodline storyline and wrestling is currently because this was your personal question. So I would love to hear your answer first, and then I'll give mine real quick. Uh, my favorite bloodline or non-bloodline storyline in wrestling, and that's why I said it because I first yes or first answer will be the bloodline. Um, but I am so down with the Blackpool Combat Club, and. These matches have been amazing, and shout out to Moxley and Wheeler Yuta because that match took number one on my favorite match of the year. Sorry, Joey Janela and Matt Cardona, you guys have bumped to number two officially. You know, you had a good run, but holy crap, that match with Yuta and Moxley blew the doors off, and um, that got me in, and those... uh, Trios matches they've been having have been excellent. Um, they're alluding to other people that they may be interested in adding. And so just the fact of who are they looking at now? Who, how will this whole thing look at the end of the year? Uh, this has a lot of long-term legs on it, especially with Regal in there, Moxley, Danielson, Yuta, who's uh, rocket ship is officially on its back now and you know this may be like a new nwo thing happening right here so i am super into it and seeing um who the new additions are going to be because every match you figured they're going to be looking at one of the people on the other side as somebody we could be adding to this and so it's going to take another epic match to do it, I'm thinking. Um, it wasn't lost to me that Yuta's new uh, gear looks to be his name splattered in blood. So um, and as a send up to that match he had with Moxley. And yeah, I think there's more of those matches on the horizon with, you know, guys that we are into, but it's going to be that star-making performance like we have with Yuta. So is it going to be Garcia? Is it going to be um, the guy from uh, Cody's old group, uh, Lee, Lee, Lee Moriarty? Yeah. Um, 
you know, guys that we didn't expect, or are they going to bring in other stars? Cesaro going to come in? Um, tons of tons of legs on this story. So I am super into it, and I'm excited to see if this turns into be like a modern day NWO. Well, I, I guess with them too, like what faction can you throw on the other side of them? Like, do you do a heel faction? Do you do a face faction? Uh, you know, they're now, and then of course you have the blood and guts match that you could bring back. Well, yeah. our, you know, we haven't had it in a while. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I almost wonder if like FTR and, you know, maybe two other guys somehow, Greg, you know, then you kind of do our FTR and a partner somehow going against them. That could be something because I'm sure FTR wants to do some, you know, hard hitting, violent style match. So, um, that is a very good answer, and you probably have caught on to mine, but you know what? I'm going to go with Drew Gulak. I just think there's something <laughs> there. I know it's new, but he's always had something about him. You know, the PowerPoint stuff he was doing, Greg, like the cruiserweight stuff he was doing, he just makes whatever he's given work. And, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's obviously, Mike-wise, I think he fits. So him as a you know, assistant to, you know, maybe you play like the office where like Adam Pierce will be like, you're not assistant to me, you're assistant to the manager or something like that, you know, where he has to keep talking, doesn't necessarily talk him down, but, you know, holds him in line. And I'm really intrigued by Drew Gulak and what, what he'll do beyond the ring. And I think that's something because, you know, we know what he can do in the ring. Now it's to see what he can do as a man, you know, as to the most, because who knows, maybe that could lead to him being a manager for somebody or him and getting more time back in the ring, like Sonia. I mean, you know, it, it could, you know, it could work out. So, and I know it's, it's kind of recency bias because it just happened, but there's just something about him that I just really think he, he's like the Sami Zayn, like Sami Zayn makes anything work. Right. So, you know, that would be, I mean, that'd be an pairing I'd like to see. Happened, Sami Zayn and you know Drew Gulak kind of working together, but uh, the but you know the, the BCC as they call that's definitely I mean they're the hottest thing on AEW right now, and you know there's not I mean maybe Adam Page reunited with Young Bucks Craig, I think that could you know give you that feel good moment, and maybe there's our you know Young Bucks with Adam Page back together against. Blackpool Combat Club could really be that blood and guts match that we could see at double sure. or nothing and really give um, give you some good vibes. But uh, all right, well, I will let uh, you get going so you can head off, Greg. But I appreciate you jumping on, and uh, hopefully next week you could be live from your from your <laughs> usual spot with your son's gear rocking because I'm yes, sure by then they will be moving on to the second round. Uh, we'll, we'll check in on them tonight, and I'll get caught up on AW real quick, and uh, we'll call the show today. So, but thanks for having for being on from the airport, undisclosed location. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, absolutely. You know, oh, it's just Stephen Nation to you know turn up and turn out, even if it's with a three-piece suit on. You know, not uh, you know I'm, I'm William Regaling it today. You are. But, um, yeah, so, you know, every now and then we'll do the commission mode and, you know, GM this thing. But 
Uh, yep, back in the uh, athletic gear next week, and we could go to full two hours, but uh, I will be taking notes on AEW and ready to load you up on lots of, of takes uh, next Sunday. So uh, love the new time slot. And this is just a anomaly as far as uh, being stuck here today, but uh, looking forward to a lot more fun Sundays. So life in the airport industry. Right. <laughs> it's always a fun one. So. Well, glad to have all you right. on, Greg. Let's get caught up on AW real quick as you head off. Give the people a quick commercial break so that we can get caught up on AW, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll get going. I, 
I'm a little conflicted about this. I've been talking up Darby Allen picking up wins so much. You know, I think Darby Allen needs the singles run that we want and, you know, needs to pick up these type of wins. But then Andrade kind of needs it as well. So it's really, you know, it, I don't know. It, what, what is the end game for Andrade? You know, where can he go? Because I feel like he's, just, he's on that cusp of either being irrelevant or could be really relevant. It, it's just a fine line. So uh, that's kind of my quick and dirty, you know, AEW stuff there. Also, we saw Eddie Kingston win, Lance Archer won, Jade Cargo beats Marina Chauffeur. The problem, um, you know, Jade is 30 and 0. I, I wonder if you're going to get to 50 and 0. And then does somebody beat her? That's probably the end game there for uh, Jade. So. Uh, kind of the quick and dirty, you know, uh, AW talk. I think I want to let Greg get back with it next week and, you know, give you all the love that we have for, you know, AW as we build into Double or Nothing. So, good stuff there. Hopefully you enjoyed this week. Back at 6 o'clock. Big Ben, hopefully you join us next week at 6 o'clock. Remember, we're officially on Sundays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And yeah, we'll just keep this moving forward. Like we said, we could do some pre-show for you when there's a Sunday pay-per-view. Uh, we might have to go live on Saturday night if there's a Saturday night pay-per-view. But we'll just give you what we can. And we will definitely let you guys know ahead of time what's going on. If you want to be part of this show, definitely get in touch with me, Stephen A, 1181. I believe just outside is right here on the network as well, right after me. And uh, yeah, let's keep the talk, keep the chatter going. And we will end the show right there.